A lot of people will have, initially at least, the people around them, I have found, their spirit guides, um, are, and I, you know, I used to get, I've had contacts with those guides when giving people readings, will very often be their relatives who have passed on, oh, really? okay. or um, their people they have known in former lives, who are still interested in them personally. So they're, if you like, personal friends or family you okay. might say okay as you move along if you if you gather a mission in life of, of any importance um then you might it's actually much like this realm in that regard mm. you know you you you, you will yeah, work you with, a network, network, with people you? connected to what you yeah. are doing more it doesn't mean you don't love your family and your friends totally. but you're moving to another level there totally um and i also had the experience of being urged myself to raise my game move up so that I was able to get higher types of contact. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. So, Richard, we're back. Great to be back, Darren. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Re I'm really looking forward to today's shows. I've got no idea what you've got in store, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it too. Well, as long as one of us does can start <laughs> off, that's fine. Yeah. So, today is going to be about spirit guides. Uh, okay. I picked up a couple of good questions about this, and I thought mm. I'd put them to you. Um, mm. You know, I know um, obviously God Guide and Guardian Angels, fantastic book, um, which I really recommend to everybody. And there's a lot of great information there about mm. guides. Um, I thought we could touch on some of that today. Great. Yeah, sure. So there's a couple of questions, and then I just want to read. You know, what this person kind of went into it a little bit, and the kind of things that they were asking. Yeah. So it's kind of like, how can I learn more about spirit guides? You know, how am I supposed to get in tune with my spirit guides, but even know if I have any? And then they go on to say. I'm not sure if I have any, but how or when will I know? I feel like I don't have anyone guiding me. Where could I get more information about spirit guides in general? And how or where could I learn more about this subject? So, I mean, first point is everybody has some kind of guides, guardian angels, you might call them, loved ones around them, or more advanced guides if they're doing something of, of spiritual importance to the world or a benefit to the world. Okay. And... Really, you don't have to worry too much, is what I'd say to that. I mean, even if you don't know, even if you don't feel them, doesn't mean they aren't there, doesn't mean they aren't inspiring you. I have tremendous empathy for guides. It sounds an odd thing. But yeah, go on. I think they have a really difficult task because most people that they're trying to guide don't probably even believe they're there. Mm. Uh, this person is an open-minded person. Yeah, at least looking at, for them. Yeah. Exactly. And sooner or later, will receive their guidance in one way or another. I think there's a lot of things to say there. I mean, the first thing is, and the big thing that I've learnt, having had many, many uh, contacts with people on higher realms, is not to rely on them. Mm. And I've met people who do rely on them. Um, that you've got to stand on your own two feet. And if they're a good guide, and as I've said to you before, I'm, a title for a book is a good guide guide, um, you, they will know that and they will, they will respect that and they, they won't actually want you to rely on them. I have come across some who aren't like that sometimes. 
They're trying to control the person. Mm. And they've, in that case, the guide's gone astray. Um, but in terms of how do you know they're there, I mean, the, I used to do a lot of uh, sort of what they now call mainstream radio mm -hmm. shows. Yeah. And I had some outstanding cases, anecdotes over the air of people who sometimes their life was saved in one case by suddenly feeling they heard a voice. I don't think it was a physical voice, but they sounded to them like a physical voice. This was not a psychic, not a trained medium, actually was a, um, a person who was um, a paratrooper. Oh, yeah. Who was, uh, had to, to use the parachute and got some guidance at a key moment or they would have died, they said. Um, now, was that their guide that they heard? Was it their own inner voice? And people attribute different things to guides. You know, some will think it's the Virgin Mary, some will think it's the Lord, some will think it's something else. Um, it's not essential uh, to learn to channel guides, but you can do so, and, and there, are, there are various ways you can tell what you will start to learn if you do go down that route, and I would advise you to be very careful because the big thing in psychic development, the absolutely massive thing in psychic development, is to tell the difference between your imagination and, let's say, your intuition or a genuine psychic contact. Okay. If you don't, you can really go wrong. And worst case scenario, you could develop mental health issues. There are people with mental health conditions who think they're hearing voices from outside of them and they're not. Mm. So my strong advice, especially in the early stages, is to use your discrimination. And if you don't know, those three precious words, I don't know, are absolutely fine. A mm. psychic has to be able to use them. Or, and if they, if they can never use them, if they think they've got all the answers, I wouldn't rely on them. Mm. Okay, so that's some of the sort of like things to watch out for. Some a of few the yeah. early yeah. points, yeah. What would you say, I mean, um, there's one of the themes I picked up in the book about, you know, being, you know, someone being like your guide versus someone being a guide and potentially interested in the work that you're doing mm. or trying to further that particular cause. I mean, do you have some experience where you could help someone kind of distinguish between those or help them understand? Very much those? so, yeah. because, you know, uh, to me, it's been a trajectory. I used to give psychic readings decades ago. In fact, mm. Dr. King set me up. He even designed the cover for my crystal ball <laughs> himself. And uh, I used to give readings uh, to a lot of people. I, 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 gave, I was booked well over a year ahead at one point. Mm. And I had some guides then uh, who were extremely helpful when I was giving those readings to people. Um, it turned out they were students of a lama who couldn't contact me at that time. It's quite interesting. I didn't know that then. What, they were just guides to me. Mm. Um, this particular lama on the other realms uh, used the name Lama, lama Rinpoche, but that's used by a number of Tibetan lamas, that kind of a name. Okay. I think uh, he was a very prominent lama. Um, but he was too... I wasn't able to contact, to, to be used by him. I had a certain... Um, initiation, actually a consecration by Dr. King, and only after that could he talk to me directly. Uh -huh. And then his two guides, who were helping me with these readings, weren't so prevalent, because I could then get okay. in touch with him. And also it depends on the nature of your work. Mm. Um, so if you're engaged, for example, as I have been, in talking about UFOs, you might have contacts with certain people who have experience of that. And I, strangely enough, one of the contacts I had 
decades ago, when I was doing a lot of UFO broadcasting, was uh, one of the popes. Really? Um, yeah, who uh, on I... On UFOs? Was, on UFOs, really? yeah. Um, and just to be controversial, I'll, I'll give his name, John the Twenty-Third. Um, I, you know, that would be highly disputatious and probably heretical to many people <laughs> for me to say that. But I think I've got the number right when I say 23rd. But anyway, he, it turned out later, had met Adamski and had quite possibly, for I don't know this, had, uh, you know, had a contact mm, himself. himself. Because mm. we know that the Vatican did have that. They were approached. That did happen. Yeah. They were approached. Um, but the, none of this was revealed. But he was just helpful and interested in pushing the UFO subject, as I believe was Winston Churchill, who oh, definitely yeah. was fobbed off with lies. Uh, people think prime ministers By run the, the countries. They don't. Mm. Presidents don't run the countries or the world. Mm. Um, there are other forces at work. And he was... He, it's on, we now know, I, it wasn't available then, that Winston Churchill was lied to. So those are, those are examples. And, and if you were doing a lot of writing, you might have writers. When I wrote God's Guides and Guardian Angels, there's a lot of writers speaking, giving me messages. Um, and that's rather good because they have a certain style. Mm. And I would, didn't know their style in many cases. And one would be the most prominent of them all, actually, I think, was Dante. And I actually couldn't get that contact till I was in... I didn't go for, knowingly for this reason till I was actually in Tuscany and not far from where he was, oh, well. had been. But this was, again, to... to um, Demonstrate mediumship. That was the purpose of that project and that book, really to point towards higher forms of mediumship, like mm. such as those of Dr. George King, especially, right. Right. especially Dr. George King, who was mm. way above that mm. and used somatic trance. Now, I, I started there with giving readings. Most people don't give readings. Most people don't write books about channeled literature. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you can get messages, and a lot of people will have, initially at least, the people around them, I have found, their spirit guides, um, are, and I, you know, I used to get, I've had contacts with those guides when giving people readings, will very often be their relatives who have passed on, oh, really? okay. or um, their people they have known in former lives, who are still interested in them personally. So they're, if you like, personal friends or family you okay. might say okay as you move along if you if you gather a mission in life of, of any importance um then you might it's actually much like this realm in that regard mm. you know you you you, you will yeah, you develop with, a network, network, with people connected to what you yeah. are doing more it doesn't mean you don't love your family and your friends totally. but you're moving to another level there totally um and i also had the experience of being urged myself to raise my game move up so that I was able to get higher types of contact. And I think that's very, very important um, in connection with particularly what I do in the Ethereum Society, where, you know, the, the, it's a very, very high level indeed, I believe. Because mm. that's, that's a good yardstick, isn't it? It's like these more advanced guides who are more interested in, in the mission that you're working yeah. towards and, <clears throat> and who are... I assume, like on a higher uh, on mm. a higher realm, mm. um, it's it's like there was some work that you needed to do, or some initiations that you actually p went through before you were able to contact them directly. I mean, which yeah. is quite interesting because a lot of people will claim to be in contact with a, a very advanced being, but, oh, yeah. but you know the nature of their work or even you know their own level of advancement is quite basic. Yeah, I mean it, it's a very simple formula. Um, Dr. King laid it down brilliantly. 
Um, and if you think about it as a rapport mm -hmm. that's taking place between the person channeling or the medium and the guide, at the moment of that rapport, you've got to be on the same level, frequency, whatever term you want to use. To get onto that level, you have to raise your consciousness to that level. Mm. So if you raise that consciousness to a very high realm level, then you'll be able at that moment I see. to be in, in rapport with a being on that level. Mm -hmm. um, and most people can't, and most people don't, and a lot of people don't think they have to. They think they can wander along to a weekend seminar and then tra channel yeah. Count St. Germain, and they can't. Yeah. You'll be quite definite about that, sorry. Mm. What would you say to someone who was, you know, like this person's quite you know, open-minded to guides, right? Like, and as, you, as you've described, you know, usually people will have around them um, <clears throat> people who are interested in them personally and yeah. help them along in some way. I mean, how would you sort of make yourself open to receiving guidance, I guess, or, well, or, to, or to contact them? I would want to say this, that um, to be fair here, the guides that are helping you with your mission, mm. it's not as cold as that. I mean, although they aren't just there you know, because they know you. They do care about you, mm. and they will help you, and they will heal you uh, as well. But, you know, partly because of your, the work you're doing, but also because they have love, and, of course, the more advanced they are, the greater their love. Right. Also, yeah. the greater their capacity for detachment, mm. but then that is the essence of real love, yeah. actually, strangely yeah. enough. There's yeah. a paradox in yeah. there. Um, but to answer your question, it's not always... A good thing. I mean, let's, let's be clear here. There are people who go to want to contact their loved ones or departed relatives to keep an emotional link okay. with them. Yeah. That, I would say, while being quite understandable, is not healthy mm. in the long term because people need to move on. Mm. Um, so, you know, there are people, especially in the spiritualist movement, who would go on a monthly basis or a weekly basis to hear from Uncle Fred or whoever it might be in order to sort of almost like maintain their relationship. It's not good for you because there can, it, there can be an emotional dependency then creep yeah. in, but it's certainly not good for Uncle Fred, who should be moving on. Now, if you get a message from someone who happens to have been a loved one, a relative, and it's to help you in life, in your spiritual life... Yeah absolutely fine but it's it, the motive is important here a guide should be someone who can teach you mm. and the point being that if you move on the other myth that exists in some quarters is that when somebody dies they become all wise all knowing i see they yeah. don't yeah they're the same person uh. some things they know the mm. priorities change yeah uh, they do know about the, sometimes the mistakes they have made sometimes they will they will really um be aware of that. The more advanced they are, the more aware of it they will be. So what I'd say is there will come a point if you are really going down a spiritual route where people you've just known personally won't necessarily be the best people to take you and guide you forward. Mm, yeah. Just to, just to come back on one of the points you made there. So it's like, um, you know, obviously you talked about there should be someone able to teach you. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other reasons that, that you know that you would 
connect with the guide? I mean, you know. Or well, yes, healing is okay. one, and you you could have a healing guide around you, mm. and that could be extremely helpful. Like and helping you in your healing work. Helping you, you in your healing. I see. Again, I'm going to give a proviso, providing you don't depend on them. This is a key thing, and some mm. people have, and some people think, well, I can't heal because my guide isn't here. Yeah. I remember when the book You Too Can Heal came out. And I was given the task of, of promoting it. I was the press officer for the Ethereum Society at the time. I was a school mm. teacher, but that's what I, uh, Dr. King asked me to do. So I was giving talks to various groups of healers yeah. who'd been in, a, you know, in the spiritualist movement mainly. And there were two things a lot of them believed. One was that it was a gift. You either had it or you didn't, which, of course, you two can heal ran right through that and, and mm -hmm. changed that. Totally. It's accepted now by most people, but it wasn't then. And, and the other thing uh, that, it was, that a lot of them thought was they couldn't do it unless their guide was there. I see. Working through them. Mm. Wrong. Um, if you, you know, you give healing, a guide might be helping. You might not know whether they're helping. I see. Um, they might just be using you. You may not even need to know. You might feel just a bolt of energy coming through you. Mm. And it, you don't know. Was that just a, a good flow? Or was that a guide helping me? What difference does it make? Yeah. Really, yeah. it doesn't matter at that point if it's helping the patient totally. and your healing's better. Mm. But that's one thing. Uh, all forms of inspiration, sometimes particular skills. I think some of the creative artists and probably scientific geniuses have been unconsciously channeling guidance at times. I'm sorry to say some of the worst things that happen on this world, also people have been mm, channeling lower guidance. So yeah, it, it's not always a good thing. There are people who are really quite ordinary people with no great abilities who can suddenly become extremely powerful, magnetic dictators uh, and quite evil ones. We can think of examples. Yeah. Um, and that's in those cases because probably some dark forces attach themselves to them, which makes them a more powerful magnetic indi individual in the wrong way. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a thing, and, and very often, of course, uh, when I hear stories such as, you know, well, I, I went to, to see a medium and got a message from my guide, and my guide was very happy that my son had passed his... Um, GCAE. I think, you know, that's not an advanced guide. Mm. That's no different than phoning your aunt yeah. and she's happy you got your GCAE. That's, yeah. And that's yeah. not really the correct use, in mm. my opinion, I know mm. this might upset some people, of, um, of mediumship. It should be for higher guidance, for teaching. And to, if it's going to be used for teaching, the guide has to be capable of teaching. Yeah, totally. I mean, it just brings it back to what, what is life really about, actually, and mm. therefore that's the role that they should be helping, helping yeah. you with, right, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned Winston Churchill there, which I thought was pretty interesting. I think mm. I picked up in your book as well that uh, I think you mentioned Abraham Lincoln was someone also who had received I had that. no contact with Abraham Lincoln, but I, I gather he, he saw his, um, his death coming. Mm. I think that's in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that he, he also... Um, uh, oh, you're talking about what he experienced. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Winston Churchill actually had contacts from his father, Randolph Churchill. I see. He said, and so, and this is amazingly common. I, I think it's probably we, we let right into the spiritual freedom show. I mean, I think we'd be amazed just how many people have had tangible contacts with people. And just coming back to the the bereavement issue. Oh yeah. Um, I, I don't want to sound too harsh because I think it can help. 
over a bereavement, simply to know, and I've helped people with this myself, that your loved one still exists. Mm. And often they can give evidence of that if, if, if it's a good psychic. Yeah. The psychic couldn't have known, something they couldn't have known that they pass on to you from that loved one. You're, you think, okay. And, and that's something, actually, that a lot of people who die want to tell their loved ones that there is, because they there. probably didn't believe it till they died. They're the shock, shock of their life <laughs> when they die. <laughs> yeah, when they, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, there's one, one other point I wanted to come back to, and you were talking about dependence on guides. You, you mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and there was a very interesting story in the book about um, this lady you met in Australia when you were on tour yeah. there. And, um, you know, that she had, she had basically been guided by her guides to help you in whatever, you know, yeah. whatever would be helpful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And yet she wasn't at all personally interested yeah. in, in the work that you were doing. And I just thought, you know, there's, there seems to be kind of a fine line there between, like, maybe dependence and, like, the discipline and, and being able to tune into and follow the guidance that you're receiving, even if you don't necessarily agree with it, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, this was a very, very unusual case, but it was extremely useful at the time Mm. because I'd gone with uh, Christine Nielsen uh, before she was Christine Nielsen, before Mm -hmm. she was married, to Wollongong in Australia. And we had a very, very hectic schedule to, to fit in. And um, we just, I mean, in fact, we'd overbooked because there was TV, there was radio, there was press, there was a lecture in the evening. So I was doing a phone-in. I came out and this lady was waiting uh, in the foyer for me. And I thought she was just somebody who wanted to ask me some questions. And she said, I, I, I've been sent by my guides to help you today. And I literally said, well, have you got a car? She said, yes. I said, can you take me to this TV studio? She said, yes, and off we went. It was as simple as that. And Christine could then go and book the hall and do oh, some yeah. of the other things we had to do in Wollongong that night. Yeah. Um, but this woman, as you rightly say, had no interest and didn't even want to know what I was actually talking about and didn't want to come to the lecture. But it came to, so when we'd finished the day, she said, well, have you done all that you need to do? Have I helped you? And I said, absolutely, yeah. Uh, she said, right, well, I said, but why don't you come and have a free ticket to come to the lecture? Come, No, no, I'm not interested in anything like this. So it's an extremely unusual case. She, mm. I was quite glad. I mean, her guides believed in it. Right. And yeah. I mean, I, I was able, I think maybe they had been, I'm, I don't know this, but maybe they had been impressed upon her guides mm. by other guides. I see, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. to help me through her in the task, and she did. She, yeah. I mean, not that... We wouldn't have done it, but it would have been extremely difficult that day. Yeah, I find that a fascinating case mm. because she had no personal interest, no motivation None. herself to do no. it. No, she didn't even like everything yeah. that I was saying. And she know. may not even known about you, actually. I mean, you know, no. who knows? I mean, but and then, yeah, she's being impressed to do this by another source. Yeah. you know, completely separate from her. She own did person. what her guides told her, which. Exactly. In most cases, I wouldn't particularly encourage. And I did have a little chat with her about that. I did, you? Yes, I did. This is the point about dependence. But on this particular case, Mm. it was uh, really helpful. Yeah. Mm. Um, I I just thought I'd ask if there's any other, you know, memorable experiences like that you'd like to share before before we close today. Anything else that might give people inspiration about, you know, the steps that they might take to become open to guidance in their life? Well, to me, what was... Very, very valuable, because I come back to this point of telling the difference between your own psychic impression. It's something I teach. Mm. It's step one. You've got Mm. to know the difference between your imagination and your genuine psychic impression. Um, And if you don't know the difference, don't take a risk. Mm. If you're not sure, 
Note it, but don't follow it. Mm. I'd say that. What was an absolute uh, key for me was developing clairaudience or psychic hearing. Okay. Uh, and that took time. That wasn't just like, oh, it just happens. Like some people, you lean back and then it happens. That, if anyone who says this is easy, you can't rely on. I'd go that far. So I went out of my way to develop clairaudience. And this helped me because, you know, I, I don't even know what certain voices sound like. So yeah. let's, let's, but I mean, in the case of Winston Churchill, actually, I do. Mm. But if a certain type of voice comes to you, and it sounds like a, a Liverpudlian type voice. And by the way, some of these guides are able to overcome language. I don't know exactly. You know, those barriers can be broken. They may not be. So they, they won't necessarily be speaking another language mm. from the other realms to you because they will know. That what you can understand. You know, yeah, and it's being translated by your brain anyway. <laughs> they, it's, it's some kind of thought impression which is translated by your brain. Um, so that's one thing I would say. Um, that's very, very helpful. And you can develop. You can develop all psychic abilities. And in this case, it's not something I think everyone needs to do, by the way, to channel at all mm. in order to find enlightenment. It's mm. not essential for everyone. I think somewhere down the line, in your path, you'll have guidance from higher beings for sure. And somewhere down the line, you'll know it. But it's not a key sort of ingredient. It's something I did, I really wanted to do, and it has been helpful to me. Um, the other thing I'd say is concentration. Okay. And that's where a lot of psychics go wrong. I think they try to jump straight into uh, what Dr. King called contemplation, what in The Nine Freedoms is called contemplation, where you start to open the door of enlightenment, where you mm -hmm. start to receive impressions as well as just concentrating on things. But never lose that concentration, because if you do, that's where your imagination can creep in, that's where your prejudices can creep in. Mm -hmm. Because when, you're, when you are channeling accurately, unless you're capable of entering samadhi, as Dr. King did, uh, then that's the ideal, that's the right. perfect way to do it. If you're not, I wouldn't recommend trance myself, unless you can do that, I wouldn't recommend trance. So you're, what you're doing then is concentrating very intensively on a thought which is being relayed to you. And in my case, I concentrate on the words, not their meaning. Mm. This is very helpful. Sometimes even the letters of those words, sometimes I'll be spelling a word out very, very quickly mm. in my mind, like H-O-R-S-E. I'm not thinking what that is. Okay, yeah. Um, and writing it down. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's very quick depending on who actually the guide is. I, found, I've, I have found that more advanced guides, which I'm now trying and I've been guided to try to get, um, are more difficult to get quickly. Um, and one of the reasons for that, interestingly enough, is because it can be, if you allow it to be, quite blissful. Oh, really? If you're getting a very high guide from a high realm, it's a wonderful feeling. And you, you're not there to have a wonderful feeling. Yeah, and if okay. you're not careful, you can almost like drift off so it's slower. And to maintain your concentration, in my humble case anyway, can be more difficult. This is the way you can tell really genuine uh, people from the, the fakes and the deluded. I think the, the deluded are more 
I'm sorry to say, numerous than the fakes. Mm. Because in some ways, it's more dangerous to be deluded than to be a fake. Um, you know, fake is dishonourable, but at least they know they're the, a fake. The difference um, themselves, they're yeah. fairly easy to tell, though, because they won't know all these experiences. They won't have had them. They, mm. they, and mm. if they, as I said earlier, if they say, oh, this is just easy, you just sit back, yeah, then you know, forget it. You know. Yeah. What was your training? That's one thing I'd ask them. Mm. Dr King can tell you. You know, ten years, eight hours a day of yoga before he got near to taking the yeah. nine freedoms. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic guidance. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.